The word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The message you're about to hear is from RCCG Kings Embassy, Younger Adults and Youth Church. Be blessed and you listen. I have come unto the Lord. I have come. Have you come? I have come unto the Lord. The Father, I have come to renew strength. Again, I have come unto the Lord. I have come, I have come, I have come unto the Lord. I have come. What have you come to do? Are you play so that we take the next stanza after you play come to the father I have come to renew strength to I have come unto the Lord I have come I've come for grace so I have
Second Timothy chapter two, twenty and twenty one. So that while we pray with promises, also we would have direction on our prayer tonight. Are we all there? Second Timothy chapter two. Can we read it together? One, two, go. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from this, it shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. You can go and sit down. Thank you. You see, this text is a very, very common text. But I want to show you some 
few things that you might have never noticed about this text. Number one. Can we go back to verse 20 so that we can walk with it together? It shows us the picture of a great house. That's the first thing I want you to take note of. The next thing we see is the vessels that are in the house. What's the first kind of vessel that is in the house? I can't hear you. What's the second type of vessel that are in the house? What's the third one? What's the fourth one? Then the scripture says some to honor and some to dishonor. The first thing I want you to see in this text is that that you are in a great house does not automatically translate that you are destined for honor. Are you seeing it there? It says in a great house there are vessels. It says some of them are gold. Some of them are silver. Some of them are wood. Some of them are earth. And out of these four, he says some are to honor. He says some again are to dishonor. What does this mean? It means you can be gold and be for dishonor. Are you seeing this text? I'm not praying this thing. Are you following me this night? Because you want to pray. But I want your prayer to have direction. Is that a man can be gold, sir, and be for dishonor. Did you see it? It means that he can be silver and he can be part of the sum for dishonor. And guess what? He can be wood and be for what? And be for honor. You know, we we are in a generation that we like gold and silver. But we don't understand. I hope we are recording already. Because this is the first sermon. Okay. We are in a generation that is driven by gold and silver. But not understanding that you can carry gold. And yet in the great house, you are dishonorable. You can be silver, but in that great house, you are for dishonor. And yet another is wood. It can die out quickly. His wood didn't. We may not really appreciate what he carries. But when heaven will judge him in that great house, it's for honor. Another is hurtly. Hurtly is hurt. You know, earth has really, it doesn't carry much value. But when God will look at him, he's honorable. Because if you don't see this in this scripture, you will be driven by being of gold and being of silver. But you will miss the part that there are some who are of gold and of silver. But heaven looks at them and says, this one is of no honor. Tonight, one of the prayers that you must cry out to God 
is that I must serve your agenda. Because if you don't serve the agenda of God, no matter the beauty that you carry, ah, you are of dishonor. If a man does not serve the purpose of God, in this is one lifetime, no matter if he has been plated with silver, Sama, it's for dishonor. And yet, that which they thought was earthly, that which they thought the termite can hit, it is wood. Heaven looks at it and says, This one is for honor. You see, we don't decide what we are made of, we didn't decide it. You didn't choose the family you came out from. I always say it. If I could choose my family, I can't be born in Nigeria. Not, not in this heat. It's how hot everywhere is. We didn't choose it. It's the same way these vessels didn't choose themselves. These vessels have no power over the choice. What your destiny is, you can't choose it. But whether you will be for honor or dishonor, ah, that one is your choice. It is why sometimes you meet some people. All around them is greatness. They didn't struggle to enter it. It is the same way the Bible told us about one that was given five talents. Nobody told us who chose his capacity. Naturally, his five capacity was given. That's the way destiny is. That's what serves the agenda of God. Some of us, if we could choose better, we will be better. Today I had a very sad news. There's somebody that grew up with me. Ah, very wonderful child of God. She used to sing when we were in choir in those days, when we were younger. And then a friend sent me a message because she's sleeping into depression. And why is she sleeping into depression? They said she's, I don't want to mention the name of the sickness, but she's terminally healed. And this terminal sickness didn't start when she grew up. It started since when she was born. She didn't choose it. It wasn't her fault. That's the way these vessels were too. If the earth could choose gold, it would choose gold. If silver could be gold, it would choose gold. If wood could be gold, it would choose gold. Many of these things, we don't have a choice for it. But as we journey, the difference, which is what really matters to God, is do you serve for honor? Or are you going to end up as a vessel for dishonor? It is in this generation that we raise anointing. It is in this generation that we raise capacity. The criteria of judgment for heaven is that easy for honor or for dishonor. No matter what you carry, when God begins to judge his house, what you will look in your life is that brother 
are you going to be for honor or for dishonor? Everything that God has created has equal opportunity for glory. Whether He created you with five, whether He created you with two, or He created you with one, you have an equal opportunity for glory. You see an example play out in the life of Peter and Judas. Both betrayed Christ in the two manners. One ended up killing himself. One ended up living for him. Everyone has equal opportunity to represent God. You will realize that in the same area that you say you are not strong, Another would walk in that same area And that's when he's strong That's the strongest area And in the same area That another is saying is weak Is the same area that you have found strength The reason why God has made this template like that Is to give everybody an opportunity The same opportunity To enter into this glory that we are talking about But why is it that some people despite the same opportunity are not always able to enter into what God really created them for? And I will tell you three of them quickly. Verse 21. Let's see what God says. He says, If a man therefore will purge himself from this he said he shall be a vessel unto honor number two he says sanctified and meet for the master's use and then prepared unto every good work there are three things that must take place in your life tonight as you talk to God Number one is purging. What does purging mean? Purging means a cleansing. A cleansing that begins from the inside. Because what makes a man really is not the outside. The foundation of a man is what is from the inside. Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 15 verse 11 That nothing that goes into a man has the power to defile him It is only what comes out from a man So when we want to purge a man We do not deal with his outside The first thing that we deal with is his inside so when we really want to fix a man His inside must be purged Because I tell you today Out of your inside Is everything that can make you Not become what God has called you to be Everything that wants to stop you Will not start from
from the outside it will begin from the inside that is why the scripture said a man must first purge himself there's a song our brother once took whatever that is inside of me that is not to the glory of God what did he say should happen to it come out that's your first prayer point huh see if God does not deal with what is inside you it will grow with you and the danger of it growing with you is that when you get to that place that God is taking you to as the seed grows you remember that story the weeds grow what happens to the weed too the weed will grow. Now, this is the danger. The danger really is not that the two of them are growing together. The danger ahead is on the day of harvest. When they are uprooting the weed, who will suffer the casualty? Some of the weeds too will be rooted out. How many of you have picked beans before? Please answer me tonight. You've picked beans before. Is it every bad beans? Or let me put it this way. When you are sieving the beans, some good beans, do they go with the bad? That's what always happens when you don't purge yourself. It will continue with you. And on the day of reckoning, on the day when glory is supposed to shine, it will affect a little Part of the glory. That's why they talk about scars. There are several scars you must not have. That's why you are going to cry for a purging tonight. Because on the day of harvest, that which was reserved for the good will also suffer. That's the danger ahead. Many people don't always understand. They believe that God will take care of everything, but your enemy is wise. Your enemies wise and knows that if there is no thorough purging, heli, ah, ah, the harvest will suffer. So a man must purge himself from all this. Purging is a thorough process. There must be thorough purging. So that whatsoever wants to wait for you on the day of glory, ah, God will deal with it tonight. I always tell people who come to pray, can four hours be too much to fix something that is coming that your eyes cannot see? It's not too much. Just four. Just ten to two and we are done. So, whatsoever it will take you, if it is kneeling down and saying, God, purge me. Purge me tonight. Ah, you must pray it. Because if he does not purge you, the weeds will grow with the weeds. And on the day of harvest, it will shoot out. I'm taking my time tonight so that you will know how to pray. For some, what needed purging was just simple pride. And do you know, pride is more of the inside than of the outside. 
six things that the Lord hates, seven are an abomination unto him. The Bible talks about a proud look. But you see, there's also a proud heart. The proud heart is worse than the proud look. It would have been better off if we knew he was proud so that we would tell him you are too proud. Ah, boy, I want you to meet men who pride is in their heart and the pride is invisible. If that is your case tonight, I want you to ask him for a purging. Because for some people, pride is just pushing them to default. Tonight is the night to seek him for anything that by yourself as I'm speaking to you, you are looking at and you are thinking this might stop me from becoming honorable. I'm talking about made for glory. God must deal with it tonight. I remember several years ago, There was this person that was going to be giving, as I said, I want to be careful about stories now because people are hearing their story and I don't want them to be hearing their story. So I'll be using illustrations. The one I'm sure that is a fine story, I'll say it. I don't know why pride is what is coming but this person was supposed to be recommended for something great very great and what was the sin he came into the place not knowing that the person that he was ignoring at the gates was actually the person that they want to recommend him to. He had worked hard. He had done everything he was supposed to do. Just let me pass or don't let me pass. That was the, you know, simple issues that the enemy will bring up on the day of glory. I came before you. Pass. Can you move, sir? You know, how you just talk to somebody rudely. And the man looked at him. <laughs> and thought that was all it was. Until he got inside and they said, the person that I wanted to take you to, this is the man. And when he saw the man, he said, ah, sir, I didn't know that you were the one who were coming to see and apologized. And on that meeting day, the man acted as if there was no problem. Said, ah, there's no problem. Ah, don't worry. It should be was just to enter. And that was what he looked like. There's no problem. I said, ah, so you will call me next week. Ah, no problem. We'll call you. <laughs> Except they call him tomorrow morning. And he knew that, I think, he kept on saying it. I think I spoke a bit harshly. And all of us said, no, you didn't really speak harshly. Shabi, you just said, why is he wasting time by the door? Hey, hey he was wasting time. Now I said, yes, he was wasting time. <laughs> Except they call him tomorrow. That's how many have lost it. Because on a night like this, <laughs> when they needed purging from the heart of pride, <laughs> they didn't get it. 
For some, what God needs to purge them from is their mouth. Everything is okay for this mouth. Ha! The things that they have said is not actually what they wanted to say, but they have said it in a way that at the end, favor had been taken away. If that is your case tonight, make sure you take it to him. For some, what they need purging from is relationship with opposite sex. Everything is okay. It's just this, this one thing left. And you see, your enemy is waiting for you. He will allow the weeds to grow, but he will ensure his weeds also are growing because of the day of harvest. So tonight, the first thing is that a man must purge himself. Let's go to two. It says he must also sanctify himself. Can you go back to that text? We are not yet done. What does to sanctify mean? It means that a man must come to a point whereby he sets himself apart. I tell people all the time, whenever you are doing something and everybody is doing it with you, most likely it's a wrong thing. Ah, people can't pray. You can't say a crowd. If you go to a prayer meeting and you say a large crowd, check it very well. Some things are not okay in that place. Because when majority is doing a thing, there are many things to question about that thing. Because one of the instructions of God is come out from among them and be you what? Be separate. And that's what we're saying there. Sanctified. Why must God want us to be sanctified? Because what we represent as a vine, we are tender. We are really tender and contamination must not be allowed. It is God's desire that we return back to purity and holiness. Holiness and purity that is visible. God is calling us into that. What does sanctify means? It means that you are ready to stand out in a place where people prefer to look in a certain way. One of the analogies I gave on Wednesday is that if the bean pod will be useful a time must come whereby that place where he is, you know, they break it open. He must be willing to leave the supply of that shell. Many of us are too used to where we are receiving life and God is saying to you, come out. That's the second thing you must pray about. God, bring me out. Abraham! Leave your father's house 
to the place that I will show you. Where have you stayed for so long that heaven is shouting, come out? Because if a man will be fit for his purpose, he must be out. Many of us have stayed for too long where God is saying to us, you can't remain here for what I have for you. Many of us are close to people where God is saying, you cannot have this relationship for what I have for you. Many of us are too used to a pattern of life and God is saying, you cannot have this pattern for what I have for you. A man must be sanctified. During sanctification, there will be days when you will be alone. During sanctification, there will be days whereby it will look as if you are the only one on that road. During sanctification, there will be days when you will look at God and say, God is wicked. And I'm praying for you tonight. That for many who don't want to walk into the fire of sanctification yourself, God will take you there. Ah, he didn't say amen. Say amen loud and clear. <laughs> because sometimes it's hard to walk to fire. God must hold your hand and take you there. So that when he takes you there, whether you like it or not, <laughs> he will sanctify your heart. God wants to take us away from contamination for one major purpose so that he can use you as an example. Anything that has been made for glory always becomes a prototype. So, the creator places him and showcases him and then you begin to see other people make that type. That's what God wants to make a believer. So, he wants to sanctify you so that when he places you, other will look at you and want to be like you. That's what he wants to do. And tonight, your second cry is, God, sanctify me. We would have failed as believers if we look like the world. Unfortunately, we operate a system that looks so much like the world. You know, these days, our churches still now look like the world. Oh, you have not noticed. There's one that I even saw recently. You know this smoke? Well, when we were doing in my, my place of work, one of the scores that we must do, that was the first time that I went to a clubhouse. It was part of the criteria to be, <laughs> to be, to graduate. So they said we must go to the club. I said, okay. Well, I don't have any problem. I'll go <laughs> to the club. I will sit down and I would see what <laughs> you are doing. But by seven o'clock, I will leave. He said, "No, no, just stay till eight. We understand." Okay, I will stay till eight if they want me to sign paper. So I went, and I noticed that there was. Well, what I'm referring to is that as people were dancing, there was one smoke that came out. Boo! 
How many of you have been? Okay, we can't ask that question in church. You've been there before, so you know that smoke. So the smoke, people. You know these days, those kind of smokes are now in our churches. I don't want to say light now before you think I'm talking about. I know this light is there. So most of our churches now look like. <laughs> look like there too. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about really is God wants us to be set apart. God wants us sanctified. That if there is corruption around us, a man is staying in the midst of corruption, yet not corrupted. It's the desire of God. And if a man will be up to honor, he said he must be sanctified. You see, this thing is really progressive if you take it one after the other. That if I purge myself, then I can be a vessel unto honor. If I am sanctified, I can meet his criteria for use. That's the second part. Let's jump to the third one. Then he says, the man is then prepared unto every good work. You see, no man enters into the dimension of good works. Just like that. What good works represent is a level of consistency. He says good work. I like the way he said the good work. Prepare unto every good work. So every way the man finds himself, good work. Good work. Acts 10 38. Our God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. That he went about doing what? Good work. That's what he was saying. Nobody enters into good work without preparation. God must teach you into it. That's another prayer you will pray. God teach me. Teach me today. What was I born to serve in destiny? Explain it to me. I showed it to us on Wednesday. David stood and said, Take my parents, take everybody that might distract me. Let me find out what God wants to do to me. You must ask God to teach you today. The preparations of God are the secret buildings of God. Every teaching of God is peculiar to the student. Let me say this again because I know I've said it before but God has helped me now. (laughs) Many things we have said before that we are sorry we cannot come back and say we are not saying again. I have said before that if you want to get to where your father is and I still partly refer to it on Wednesday but differently. All you need to do is walk in the ways of the father and you will get to where they go to. But I realized a difference with God. That when God takes a student and begins to teach him, his method of teaching A 
is peculiar to A. When he picks B, his method of teaching him is also peculiar. If I leave my classroom of God's teaching to me, and I jump to here because I see the way God is taking him, and I decide to begin to focus on God's training system for him, I'll be out of destiny. God's method of teaching me will be different from his method of teaching you. Because every man's capacity is different. I can learn from your stories, but I must submit myself to the training that God has for me. David said something. He said, God has taught my hands to war and my fingers to fight. There were few men who operated that dimension throughout scriptures. You would realize even among 12 disciples, how Jesus will pick one, three, and set them aside for another curriculum. And then pick one and set him aside for another teaching. You must wait upon God to learn how he wants to train you. We can come like this for general class, but extra class, you must sit down with him and say, God, what is particular to the purpose of my destiny? That is how we prepare men to enter it. That is why all our experiences are different. If I share my experience with you, it is not so sweet because everything looked so right, right from the beginning. But if another was to hold the mic, he will be telling you of different faces that he faced or different things that he faced in his life that you will look at him and then you might be able to share a little out of his experience. My own classroom of training was different. At the age of four, my mother will keep me in a room and say, hear God until you come out. We are going out until you hear God. Stay there. So after prayer, I will kneel down. And like Samuel, I will say, speak Lord, your servant is hearing. Speak Lord, for your servant is hearing. And whatsoever it is that I had is what I will come out. Okay, this is what may I had though. Not everybody had that training. It's particular for my destiny. If you take your son and put him in a room and lock him up, he may hate you for life. Get the curriculum tonight. God, what class am I? What else can I learn? Because again in verse 20 that we read, what matters is not what you are made of. is when you serve the purpose. As I round up so that we can go and pray. I want to ask you a question tonight. Have you ever asked yourself, how did God raise Moses? Who taught Moses what he learned? That Moses said in Hebrews chapter 11, 24 and 25, said by faith, when Moses was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Who taught him? How can you teach a boy to reject so much of glory in the midst of glory 
and yet he would choose to suffer affliction who was his teacher is it not the same mother that taught Aaron <laughs> is it not the same mother that taught was the sister's name Miriam and yet a boy had that opportunity and yet let's go but then one day they saw the same Moses and they conspired against him who taught Moses God did some teachings himself God must teach you too who really taught David because they abandoned that boy alone in the village I mean in the bush David was all alone even do you know the pain of they came to anoint a son as king and they forgot the last born what did David do to them he showed how much it didn't matter nobody saw anything to come out of him but the teacher was there in that bush teaching him God who must teach you because you will travel doing many things until you know what God is asking you to do for four years I did something he didn't say I should do struggled up and down until last three months he said but I didn't tell you to do these good things that you are doing because it can be good but not be of God and on the day the teacher came he said these two things focus on it and I picked it and with one mail <laughs> it was as if heaven was waiting for me to walk in that line a teacher must teach you tonight no wonder one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit is that when he comes one of the things he will do is to hold your hand and bring you into all truths there are many lies that many are operating under that if only heaven will tell them the truth about their life so to round off let me take you back to that verse 20 again and repeat what I started to so that you can go and pray verse 20 it says in a great man's house there are not only vessels of gold there are not only vessels of silver some are even of wood and some are of earth but in this great house you can be of gold and be for dishonor you can be of silver and yet be for dishonor you can be of wood and be for dishonor and the lowest of them you can be of earth but because you did what God wanted you to do because you purged yourself because you sanctified yourself because he prepared you unto great work he said when God looks at you you are for honor so the difference is not the container your container does not matter at all where you have come from it's not the bone of contention who you are your surname the crowd you gather is not it but that even though I was the lowest I had one talent I used it to serve the agenda of heaven God said I will look at him and say ah it was for honor and that is what made of glory part one is all about that when God will come he will say of me that I was useful for his agenda
Let him put you off the flesh tonight. For more messages, kindly log on to our website on www.kingsembassy.org.ng. For Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash mykingsembassy. And for Instagram and Twitter, is at mykingsembassy. Thank you and God bless you.